welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Welcome back to the Hive Podcast. Thanks for listening each and every week, you guys. We have a really great guest that I'm super excited, and it's been on the books. He was kind enough to reschedule and make uh, additional time for me because I had to reschedule on him because of a shoot, but super stoked for this week's guest. He is you know, a pro in the podcast uh, industry, and really just his business is all about supporting other podcasters, other creatives. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of input, and we're going to learn a lot from this guest. Travis Brown is joining us all the way from Chicago. He is a podcaster and the founder of Poddex. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me in the hive, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of bees. I actually have a, a bumblebee tattoo. So when when I heard your podcast was called The Hive, I was like, all right, this is the perfect place for me. Yeah, you know, The Hive is like a community, and my podcast is all about interviewing entrepreneurs and creatives, uh, people in that community and building a community around what they do. And so it kind of, it kind of fit the name. Um, it also is the name of my, my production business, Hive Media. Yep. So trying to carry the brand over, I'm sure you can understand branding and, and trying to keep that consistent. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So uh, I introduced you briefly, but why don't you tell the listeners exactly who Travis Brown is? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not even 100% sure who I am yet, but most people know. I know. I, I hate that question too when I get asked. <laughs> most people know me as the question guy from Poddex. So I have a company called Poddex. We make unique interview questions and episode starting prompts for podcasters, content creators, live streamers. Uh, I also run a company called Podcast Buddy, which is a podcast editing agency for coaches, entrepreneurs, authors, people who want to do the fun part of podcasting and then have somebody else take it, take it the rest of the way. So I've been doing that for over a decade and uh, heavily invested in podcasting as a medium. It's my absolute favorite thing to talk about. So I'm really excited to be able to uh, talk about it and share some value bombs with you today. Yeah, man. I have so many questions because uh, I, I, this is going to be episode 33 when, when it launches. Awesome. Uh, I started the podcast back in like late March, early April. So fairly new, but it was something I've always wanted to do since 2011. I just, it took me a long time to pull that trigger, but what got you into the podcast industry? What was your first kind of, uh, endeavor dipping your toe in the water. Sure. Yeah. So I was, uh, uh, since I've been 15 years old, I've been a musician and, uh, I used to tour the country with a punk rock band, uh, living like a gypsy, just, uh, traveling the world, sleeping on couches, playing in front of audiences. So I sort of, uh, developed this, uh, passion for audio very early on. Cause when you're in a band or you're a musician, the first thing you want to try to figure out is like, how can I like empower myself to record my own record or make my own demo? So I don't have to spend you know, hundreds of dollars in a recording studio doing that. So I was always uh, looking to learn that craft. So uh, through being in a band and learning audio, I went to college for audio engineering. Um, you know, I learned all these awesome skills for music. And I really do think there's a lot of connections between music and podcasting, which I can talk about later. But eventually, uh, you know, I was probably... Um, in my late twenties and all my friends had new cars and condos and health insurance. And, 
And I was just this gypsy guy with no health insurance and no money, but I, I lived an awesome partying fun life. And I decided, okay, um, this has run its course. I think it's time to sort of grow up. So I, I got a big boy job. You know, I just went out and got a job, any job I could get so I could start making a living. And uh, I would commute to work uh, an hour both ways. And so somewhere in that in that area, I don't know the exact year, but I stumbled upon podcasts or some form of podcasting. I was listening to these podcasts in my car and I realized a lot of these podcasts sound really, really bad. Like they just, (laughs) it's not the content. It was just the audio quality and the format was just really bad. So I said, you know, I bet you with my, you know, history and my knowledge of microphones and audio and pro audio, I could really help people uh, make better podcasts. Cause you know, podcasting is just audio. So like, yes, we have video podcasts now, but at that time it was only one leg. And if your podcast sounds like you're talking through a tin can, like no one wants to listen to it. So ironically, you know, uh, you're always in the right place at the right time, no matter where you are. But I was at a mastermind event and I met this guy who was a coach and he said, Hey, I want to start a podcast. So I'm like, perfect. Let me help you start this podcast. And so I launched this podcast, uh, just last week, actually, he had an HGTV show from that podcast. But, um, from there, it was just word of mouth. People were like, Hey, I heard you can help me with a podcast. Hey, I can help you heard you can help me with a podcast. And so I had been podcasting, you know, everybody starts off with that show with their friends where where you're having a good time and joking around. (laughs) But quickly, I I had so many clients that I had to stop podcasting. So I was just studying what was working for my clients and experimenting with them. And um, that's really how I got into podcasting, uh, both listening as a consumer, and I still listen to podcasts. And as a producer, I've edited over 2,500 podcasts and so I've listened to more podcasts than most people will in their lifetime. If if I'm understanding right, did the podcast like editing post-production kind of business come before you started doing your own podcast? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was tinkering okay. a little bit, but uh, and that's how I knew how to, you know, get things into Apple and all that stuff. And it was just, you know, your basic starter podcast. And I've had many iterations. I've done, you know, the the comedy show. I've done the auto audio documentary show. I've done a bunch of different iterations, but it always got pushed to the side because I'd always have a new client waiting, you know, to pay for this service. And I was thinking like, they're sort of, I've always, I always sort of put people in front of me. Like if you DM me and you're like, Hey, I have a question. I will literally stop everything I'm doing to, to help you figure that out before yeah. I finish whatever project I'm supposed to be working on. So I pushed all my stuff aside to help all these other people. Uh, and you know, it was worth it. I think, uh, I learned a lot from other people's, you know, trials and tribulations that I could apply and share with other people. What were some of the biggest problems, um, other than audio quality that you started? I mean, you're having, man, just so much experience listen, listening to a variety of different topics and different podcasts, which I, I think is awesome. Cause I think a lot of people get into this groove where, you know, they listen to a spe- very specific niche of podcasts and maybe they'll go outside that a little bit and listen to some different shows. But I think, uh, at least, at least for me, I listen to a, a lot of the same kind of industry around cameras and filmmaking, but you got to, a chance to listen to all types of variety. So other than all audio quality, which I think is something that all podcasts are always trying to improve on, what were some of the biggest issues that you were seeing in the podcast industry across all of the different genres? Yeah. So at this time, there wasn't like a lot of true crime or these storytelling podcasts. They were mainly interview podcasts. 
Okay. And one of the first problems that I noticed from studying analytics and where people were jumping off podcasts is what that people were spending way too much time in the beginning doing this sort of small talk, like, where are you from? What's the weather like? This is how I met you. And the reality of it is that's all nice stuff to share, but not at the beginning of your podcast. People really want to get in and they, they want to figure out, is this podcast for me? What am I going to learn? And so you really have to use a hook. You really have to tell people right out the gate, like, hey, before you go, I'm going to teach you this, this, and this. You're going to learn all this great stuff. And then you can go into some of the more small talk because you've qualified your listener and you've proven to them that there's something in there that they're going to get. Uh, we've all listened to a podcast where you're just like, fast forward, fast forward. Where is the part, you know, you give me this awesome title, how to make a billion dollars on Amazon. Well, where is that part of the show, right? So I, I encourage all my clients, hey, listen, you need to start off with some type of hook and we can either clip something out of your show or you could actually just say it at the beginning of the show and then we'll play your intro music. So that was very effective for getting people in the door and staying in the house, so to speak. Uh, the, secondarily, it was really a matter of um, people not really exposing vulnerabilities. There's a lot of six-figure coaches, seven-figure coaches. Everyone's at the top of the mountain. And what people really want to know is not that you're the king of the hill. They want to know how you got there. What obstacles did you overcome? What were the, the things that you would share to people trying to follow in your footsteps? And oftentimes, I think we off, we forget, you know, it's really easy to make yourself look big. But in, this is very similar to music. A lot of artists can make themselves look like this huge artist. But do you have the goods? So um, just vulnerability. I, I encourage my, my, my clients to be vulnerable. And there's a reason that like Joe Rogan and Dak Shepard and Mark Maron, all these people are at the top of the charts mm -hmm. every single week. is because not only do they get their guests to be vulnerable with them and share information, but they're vulnerable themselves. They share bad things that happen to them. They're not just saying like, I'm, you know, the best thing in the world. So yeah, they're relatable, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and, and it's a sticky thing that you can do when you share with somebody that like, Hey, listen, you know, this wasn't just a straight shot to the top, no matter how successful you are. So vulnerability yeah. became something. And then just differentiating, like I listened to a lot of podcasts from like business coaches, health coaches, and at some point, it all sort of ran together. It all became this big, one big podcast asking sort of the same questions, um, even though they were different shows with different guests. And uh, that was sort of what sparked Poddex at, in some capacity. Um, you know, it was an accidental business, which I can share with you, but it was really just a matter of like, how can you set yourself apart from the crowd? So I would have these conversations with my clients about, the hook vulnerability. And then like, how can we, you know, start to spruce up your show in a way that like differentiates you from the next coach who's peddling yeah. the same email list. Right. And so those are the top three things I think I saw initially the fourth, which is just, I'll give you a little bonus one was okay. People were trying to make a podcast a specific length and a podcast is as long as it should be right. Once the value has gone, once the, once, once it's over, it's over, whether that's five minutes or whether that's 69 minutes, you can't make a podcast an hour on purpose. And so a lot of people were trying, they were like, you could hear when they were like grasping for straws to try to get this 45 minute episode to be 60 minutes. So I had to have some, some nice talks and say, Hey, listen, you could do a three minute podcast. You could do an 18 minute podcast. It doesn't have to be 60 minutes. Yeah. That's all great advice. And I've made, you know, almost all those mistakes, yeah. right. Where it, it, you have the same sort of guest on each week in the same kind of niche. At least when you're first starting out, 
and I would used to, I used to put like a, a question, like, you know, kind of recap sheet of like what the show was going to be, send it out. And I stuck too much to that. Yeah. I felt like, and when I started getting away from that and I, I, I know the first episode I, I went away from that and it was my best episode. Yep. Right. It did super well because it was just a free flowing conversation. And I, I didn't feel like I was sticking to some script and the same thing where you're trying to, all right, I wanted this to be as close to an hour as possible. And I've had those where it's like, okay, well, it's been a good 30 minute conversation. And then I kind of stretched it out, maybe probably too far where it was like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. all still great episodes in my opinion, but you know, you still make those mistakes and you learn from them. And I think the important thing is, um, I mean, they say, you hear creators say this all the time, like fill fast, fill forward, because the only way you're going to learn and, and get better is by making those mistakes, right? Absolutely. And, and there's something to be said for what's called a happy accident. So you uh-huh. may have heard stories of like the Beatles were in the recording studio and they accidentally flipped their the tape that they were recording upside down and played it and it played everything backwards. And then John Lennon became obsessed with hearing everything he did backwards and they would put that stuff in the songs. And they didn't intentionally put the tape on backwards. It just happened, right? So there's things called happy accidents accidents. And that relates to music that relates to podcasting. You're a creator. I'm sure there's tons of happy accidents, maybe with your drone footage or like a different lens or filter or something where if you hadn't accidentally done that, you wouldn't have that next thing. So I'm a big proponent of happy accidents. And to be honest with you, Poddex as a business was started on accident. So I built a course for podcasters because people were coming to me that wanted me to edit their podcast that couldn't afford the service or we just weren't a good fit. So I was like, I'm going to make a course, right? Everyone's talking about making courses. I'm going to make a course for podcasters so they can do it themselves. I come from a huge DIY background of like, you can learn all this stuff. So I distilled all the information I learned into this course that you could complete in a couple of hours and launch your very own podcast from all the experience I had had. And I launched this course and as a gift for buying it, I was going to send you a deck of cards with these questions because I had been studying all these podcasts and I wanted to come up with a tool that people could use to kind of expedite becoming a great interviewer. And so I launched this course that nobody asked me to make and nobody bought it. No zero sales for a long time. (laughs) So I started promoting, Hey, I will also send you this deck of cards. And people were emailing me going, I don't want your course, but what are those cards you keep talking about? And so that's a perfect example of how one thing that I set out to do turns into this happy accident of a business now that is, you know, we're a, we're a global business and we have a great community and now there's an app and like, you know, all because of a happy accident. Yeah. Let's, let's dive into that because I, I own some pod decks. I love them. I've taken pictures of them because <laughs> I think they're so cool and you know, I've, I've used them in episodes. So for our listeners, what, what is pod decks? You started to allude to it, but yeah, absolutely. Um, why don't you tell them what yeah, it is? So pod decks are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So uh, imagine a deck of cards, but it has prompts on it for your next podcast episode or prompts on it for great questions to make your guests share different information on your show that they normally wouldn't do. So you can use these in a multitude of ways. So you can plan out an episode with them. You can just make a, uh, a round robin game at the end of your podcast. You can use them as icebreakers before the interview. I go live with them and meet new people and just interview random people. Uh, Twitch, uh, Twitchers, Twitch, Twitchies. I don't know what a Twitch person's called. <laughs> I don't know what you call them. <laughs> uh, they are... <laughs> Uh, a Twitch is, uh, you know, the gamers are using them while they're playing their games. They're they're interacting with their stream audience through them. 
I even had a guy tell me I went on a date and I forgot I had pod decks in my pocket. So I pulled them out and we talked about these questions all night long and I got a second date. So um, it's really a tool for you to be inspired, to not have to stare at a blank piece of paper wondering what you're going to say and to not have that awkward pause where you just don't know what to say next. You could just have these on your desk, pull a card and ask a question. And every single time you ask one of these questions, the guest is going to say, wow, that's a great question. And that's exactly music to your ears as a podcaster because yeah. you, you want to create content that people are, you know, uh, mag, you know, magnetic to or sticky to, you know, so um, that's probably not the best way to explain it, but uh, it's become wildly popular and I've had huge podcasters using Poddex and th- the newest podcaster you've ever heard of using. And I'm so happy that this is something that people are using as a tool to make more content and podcasts and just have fun podcasting. That's why we started. Yeah. And the variety of them ha- has grown. So what'd you start with and and where are you got where are you guys at now with, with podcasts? Yeah. So when I, I know you launched an app too. Yeah. So when I launched the company, I started with um three decks. So there was the episode deck because a lot of podcasters were like, you know, I want to start a podcast, but I'm not really sure what to talk about or people were pod fading because they ran out of ideas. So I wanted to create 50 ideas that you could just pull a card and like literally spontaneously start podcasting. So we did the episode deck and then I did two interview decks and the interview decks were like non-industry specific questions that you could ask anybody, a football player, uh, a stay at home mom. And you, you, you know, the questions may be the same, but the answers you get are always so different. So I started there, but then I realized, Hey, I'm sort of like a funny guy. I have a specific sense of humor. So I released the what the heck deck because I just, the conversations I have, I like to get a little out there. And then a would you rather deck? And the would you rather thing is so fun because you ask someone, would you rather do A or B? And then you can just follow up with the question, why? And then you just spark this amazing conversation. So five decks, we still have all five physical decks available. And then uh, somewhere along the line, I realized that, you know, this is my first e-commerce business that, you buy pod decks, you got to wait for them to get to you. How can I get pod decks to people faster? Well, the specific device we all carry around with us, our little computer in our pocket. I was like, great, let's make an app so people can instantaneously be inspired. And then on the app, we have over 2,500 questions. We add two new decks a month. So we've got uh, a, a WTF deck. We've got the hustle for businesses. We've got superheroes. We've got relationships. And this way... The, you know, I'm not having to manufacture as much product and I can get it to you instantaneously. And the app just crossed a hundred thousand card swipes. Uh, so podcasters are just loving it. And then we also, we almost released it in March, but I realized that the community needed more than just questions. So we put in mini courses. So how to do better social media, uh, legal tips, vocal warmups, networking, how to get better guests. I put in, I built an entire toolbox. Like it literally looks like a toolbox of all my favorite content creation gear. So if you're confused about what you need, that seems to be something that's pretty prevalent in all these podcasting groups. What's the best mic? Well, I give you my good, better, best solution. So you can expedite purchasing your next product. And actually we're, we're doing giveaways. I'm giving away a Rodecaster Pro this Saturday. And every month we give away new podcasting gear to our community. So it turned into something that's even bigger than just the questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's turned in, it really has turned into the, uh, a community, I think for podcasters. What I follow you guys on, on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, you guys really are supporting creatives, especially in the podcast industry 
with all the tools they need to be successful and help them uh, get on their way, even with doing awesome giveaways, giving a roadcaster away, giving away good mics. And of course, because I own some of it is the shirts. I love uh, Poddex makes awesome shirts. We all want to represent, you know, who we are and they make fantastic. Uh, I love t-shirts. So you guys make Me great too. t-shirts. Thank you. You know, calling out um, podcasting yeah, and, stuff. They're, and they're high quality material. I love Yeah. I spent coffee. a lot of time sourcing. So uh, there's, there's a t-shirt that I have from, I don't know, 10 years ago. It was an American apparel tri blend. And it's a shirt that I just, I wear all the time. It's super comfortable. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make these. Well, American Apparel got bought by Gildan and then Gildan completely destroyed whatever recipe they had for those shirts. So I found a company that somehow reverse engineered this perfect tri-blend shirt. And there's nothing worse than buying a t-shirt that's like that thick cardboardy. Oh, it's the worst. I don't know how to explain it, but you buy it and then you're like, I just don't want to wear this. So I was like, listen, I want to make some shirts that anybody could walk up to you and be like, and, and immediately think of a podcast. It's a great conversation starting piece. It's just like, oh, your shirt says subscribe, write, and review. What, do you have a podcast? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do have a podcast. And then then you're able to pitch instead of just walking around going like, subscribe, write, and review, subscribe, write, and review, you know? So, um, but I wear, I mean, I make the stuff that I want to wear. I make the art I want to see. I make the music I want to hear. It's a big part of who I am as a creator. It's just, if you make the thing you want to wear or see, other people will also want that. And it's a great, you know, they're more expensive, but I'm much happier not making money on shirts and having people actually want to wear them than anything in the world. Yeah. And that just shows the, you know, the commitment you have to um, your, you know, the community and the people that are willing to invest in into your company by buying your products, just to, to source, to figure out how to get that, that shirt that you remember is just awesome. And it, and it, it trickles down to everything you do. I mean, to the pod decks, they're, they're not cheap cards. They're, they're high quality cards. They come in fantastic packaging, even just being shipped in the mail. It, it's, you guys do, do a great job. Thank you. I, so I have yeah. to ask, yeah, of course I have to ask, how do you come up? Where does it start when you're creating a new deck with the questions What's the brainstorming process look like? How, what's the, you know, crossing off what, you know, deciding what questions go into the deck? Absolutely. Yeah. So typically now we start with a specific theme. So the first interview decks were sort of all over the board, but I'm uh, with the app now I'm able to like sort of silo these off into uh, different categories. And I'm, I'm really just looking at what podcasting is doing and what kind of podcast people are making and trying to make a tool for them. So, um, it starts off with a simple Google Doc. And uh, I think about the aspects of whatever industry that is, whether that's like gaming or superheroes or relationships. And I start documenting questions and um, I test them. I test them on my wife. I test them on my my friends. I, 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 I'm the guy at the dinner party. When, when people leave, they go, I like that guy. Because all I ever do is just pretend like you're on a podcast with me and interview because I'm genuinely interested in people. And... Mm-hmm. I see what kind of questions work. And then from there, we prune them out. We go, this one's not as good of a question. You know, uh, I try to keep the cream of the crop. We don't just like fire out thousands of questions. It's really, it's also tying back into that vulnerability. So what kind of answers am I getting from people? Are they sharing something that they don't normally just walk around sharing? Um, And those are the kind of questions that we like to include because you're going to get that really great answer of, the anatomy of a question is very similar to an iceberg, right? So you've got the top of the, the tip of the iceberg, which is like your small talk, right? And then you've got the, 
the part where it comes out of the water, which is like starting to get a little more icebreakery, but then you've got the, there's a huge part on the bottom that you don't see under the water. And that's, those are the deep questions. So we try to focus on creating deep questions that create deep conversation, which is what makes for a great podcast. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I, I love hearing how you guys put that together and it, it does have to be a lot easier now with, with the mobile app uh, to be able to get all that out there a lot quicker. Um, and so you said it was a hundred thousand cards being used so far. Yeah. So, uh, it was a, two, a couple days ago, it was a hundred thousand. I think it's up to like 105,000 today. Uh, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but that was a milestone that I had set that I'm like, I wonder when we'll hit a hundred thousand card swipes. And it only took you guys three months, you know, uh, to do that, which makes me so happy because there's nothing better than putting something out that you want people to use to enhance themselves and they're actually using it. Like, you know, it's not, this isn't just a situation where it's like a cash grab, like, let's see how many we could sell. It's really like, I'd rather sell less and have more people using it than to just sell billions of, car, you know, of questions. So um, it's, it's really uh, gratifying to me to have come up with this. And then of course you mentioned community, which is more important to me than anything is the community that I'm building and, and I'm making great connections with people like yourself. And that's way more important to me than the, you know, um, looking at a spreadsheet of like profits and losses and stuff. Yes. Profit is nice. Uh, but I, I haven't taken a penny out of the company. I put everything back into the company because I'm trying to build something to reach millions of podcasters. And it's much more important to me to do that than to like, have like a new shiny object or, you know, uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs slip into this thing where they start to make money and then they take that money out and they buy something stupid. And then, you know, I'm putting it into new packaging or up, you know, buying better t-shirts or how can I, you know, an, an app, uh, I don't know if you've ever built an app before out there, but it's not, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do or the cheapest thing to do. So reallocating everything back into the company and into the community. So buying a Roadcaster Pro for $600 and giving it away, like things like that are really important to me. Um, and uh, looking at analytics and things like that are not my forte because I'm a creative guy. I just like, I, I have a vision. I like to make things. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to make money, but uh, that's really been a focus from uh, my end of Poddex. So let's talk about the community now. When, um, when did you start noticing this community starting to form around Poddex and what you were doing? You know, pretty much immediately people started, uh, or I was, I'll say podcasters started to reach out and be interested in something like, let's say, uh, sponsorship. You know, the first thing I was getting was 50 messages a day on Instagram saying like, hey, would you sponsor my podcast? And, you know, I, I didn't I didn't start out doing that, but I quickly rolled out the Powered by Poddex program. So anybody who bought Poddex would be able to get their own unique coupon code. They would get a bunch of marketing assets, and then they would actually get paid every time somebody used the code. Another way I could inject uh, some of these funds into the community, right? So, you know, everyone wants to get sponsored. I'm not a big fan of running ads in my podcast, but I am a big fan of promoting things that I actually love and use. So I don't just go any rando can be uh, in the community. If you're an active user, I definitely want you to be powered by Poddex. So that was, uh, you know, sort of the first thing that sort of sparked the community. And then I just, I'm not a big Facebook guy. I'll just be honest. I spend almost all my time on Instagram, but Facebook has those Facebook groups that allow you to build sort of a private community. So I just decided, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to grind my teeth here. I'm going to start a Facebook group. And the, the, anytime you start a Facebook group, it's usually you posting, you posting, but there was a point, a tipping point 
where I started to see people in the community collaborating or podcasting together or sharing tips and tricks. And that's when it, that's when the community really meshed together instead of just all these individuals, we became sort of an active unit. And I call the, I call my people the podcast posse and I'm always, you know, uh, asking them to share things they're learning. I share things I'm learning. And that's really, that was really the start of the actual community for Poddex was a place, a safe place for people to come in, learn, you know, there's a lot of podcast groups where you ask a question and then just everybody piles on you like you're from outer space because you asked a question that had been asked before in the group. And I don't stand for that in our group. It's, it's you know, we're all in different places of our journey, right? And if you can't come into a safe place and ask a question that you truly want the answer to, then that's not really a community. It's just a message board for people to troll you, right? So I think that's what sort of makes it a little bit different. And um podcasters, you know, this is one thing I've got to share, and I don't want to be too long-winded here, but podcasters are some of the coolest people out there. I don't think that podcasters really think of themselves as just an island. I think we all know that strength in numbers and working together and collaborating gets us all further, where like, I'll go back to music. Like a lot of bands are very like, it's us against the world, and they don't like to collaborate with other people. And and, you know, there's enough for all of us. There's enough ears in the world for every single podcaster. And so leveraging collaboration and stuff is something that I think is, is intuitive to podcasting, which makes it so much better of a community of people to be, be there for, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I know. Definitely. So I have, I have so many questions just from, from mm-hmm. that answer. Um, the first is, you know, as the community's grown, um, do you, have you heard any real like success stories? Uh, maybe you could share one uh, of how someone's really benefited from not just the use of Poddex, but from the community that's been built around it. Yeah. So uh, I have a course called Interview Secrets, um, where I basically give you a blueprint to be an interview podcaster. And uh, when I rolled it out, uh, some of the people in my community took it, and I got a lot of really great feedback on specifically at that time when I had recorded the course, this was like the beginning of lockdown. And so in my personal life, I was reaching out to, uh, I'm an artist and I like talking to artists about the craft of whatever they're doing, specifically screen printing and things like that. So mm-hmm. one day I sat down and I made like this bucket list of people that I would like to interview and get to know more about their process. And I wrote down the list and I sent each person an individualized message and an audio message through Instagram. And every single person on that list said yes. So I had told my community, listen, everybody's at home. They're trapped. They need a way to express whatever they're selling or sharing. Swing for the fences here, guys. And I had so many people in the group tell, like, share, like, I just reached out to this guy from American Idol, and he's going to be on my show. And I just reached out to this person on my bucket list, and he's going to be on my show, or she's going to be on my show. So that was a really uh, cool thing to see people be able That's to awesome. do is, like, get outside of their own limiting belief of who could potentially be on their podcast. Um you know, some of the other benefits is I'm seeing people start new podcasts that have met in the group. You know, so that's like, you know, they're finding their soulmate, their podcast mate. Uh, so those are just a few things. I think there's just a lot of collaboration happening with people helping one another and giving advice and things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I really do agree with that point where we have to, we basically have to get out of our own way, right? Uh, we put all these, uh, these limitations on ourselves, and they're all self-imposed. If we, if we just 
lift those and get rid of those. I mean, sky's the limit, right? Absolutely. You could do, you could do anything. And that, that's some of the questions I get asked the most about, about this podcast is like, how have you gotten some of these guests that you've gotten? I mean, you, it's still a fairly new podcast. It's not a year old. It's episode 33, but I've, I've had, you know, some great guests in the community of community in the creative community. And it's, it's just the fact that we all have to get out of our own way and just take the chance of reaching out to people. I mean, everybody, everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody wants to chit chat about what they do. You just have to have to put yourself out there and make it happen for yourself. Yeah. And the worst thing they're going to say is no, you yep. know, like yeah. I, I remember when I was a young lad and I was in the dating world, like I would meet all these beautiful women and my friends would say, how did you meet her? And I said, I just went up to her and started talking to her because the worst thing she's going to say is that she doesn't want to talk to me, but you got to swing for the fences. You know, Babe Ruth used to fall down trying to hit home runs, but he hit a lot of home runs because he swung as hard as he could for the fences. Yep. You just really have to go for it. And, you know, there's a guy named Noah Kagan. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a, he's a podcaster I really like, and he, he's a, an entrepreneur and stuff. And he has this challenge where you go everywhere you go and buy something. When you're paying, you ask for a discount. And what happens is, is the person at the register really isn't authorized to give any type of discount. They're going to typically say no. Sometimes you'll get a discount. But the practice of that is just asking for something and having someone repeatedly tell you no. You build up this sort of callous to no. And then when you pitch the next guest, like I just got shot down by Amy Porterfield, right? She's like a big podcasting mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur. And they invited me to submit my pitch. And I was super excited because I'm like, I've been following Amy Porterfield forever. And I put together, I put it, I put it all out there, submitted, and I got the email back. Hey, you know, it just doesn't line up with what we're trying to do here on Amy Porterfield's podcast. And I said, cool, I'll still be a fan. I'm just going to move on to the next person, right? But most people, I think they get shell-shocked and they're like, oh my God, I'm rejected. And it's just like, next, next, next. You know, like you just got to keep going. And I've got a big sign on my wall over here that says, let go or get dragged. And it just means like, I'm going no matter what. If you want, you know, if you don't want to get dragged, then you better let go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's the same advice I give to everybody that, that asks, you know, is you just, what's the worst they're going to say is no. Um, I've reached out to people and I mean, the two, they, either they say yes, they say no, or they don't respond. And for the yep. ones that just say no, hey, man, I get it. Like, that's totally fine. No problem. Can I follow up in three months and see if it's a better time for you? Right. Follow up. Absolutely. I, I don't take no for an answer. So you can give me a no but I'm still going to go after you in a few months. And I think it's probably from my background in, in sales and marketing that you hear no way more than you hear yes in sales and oh, marketing. Yeah. So I'm just used to it. Yeah. So fortune is in the follow-up. Yep. So whether you're doing email marketing or sales and the average sales cycle, people will say no eight times before they say yes. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine, if you give up after the second or third try, and I'm not saying like you should be spamming people, but like, in, in a in a regular manner following up, it may take you several times. Like I just had, I, I've got a partnership coming up for Poddex. I can't actually tell you what it is yet, but it took me probably 20 emails to get their attention. And now it looks like it's going to go through. And if I would have given up at 10 or 11 or 15, you know, um, it's, it wouldn't have happened. So you just really, you know, it depends on what you want. Like, what do you really want? Who do you really want? And what angle can you take? Like I was talking to someone today who said, uh, he's a web designer. And he said, uh, do you know who Trevor Wallace is? No. Okay. So he's like a comedian guy. You've probably seen his videos. You don't know. You just don't know it. But he's got 1.5 million followers on Instagram. 
And so all these people will probably start off by sending him a DM on Instagram. Well, the dude probably receives 8.5 billion DMs a day. But this guy noticed that Trevor Wallace was on Cameo and he had zero followers, okay, on, on Cameo. So he reached out and bought a video for whatever, 25 or $45 or whatever, and started this interaction. Well, you, you, you bet your ass he got to build Trevor Wallace's website because he figured out in the circle of where the person was where all the people weren't standing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So he went where the people weren't interacting with him and started an interaction and then made the connections. You just got to get crafty about how you, you know, pitch people. And a lot of people have handlers, find the handler, yep. find the personal assistant. That's sometimes the best way to get who you want. And that's the advice I give a lot too, is you have to do the research on who you want on your show. Um, and you got to put in the effort. I mean, if you want your show to succeed and you want those good guests, it's not always easy. You got to put in, put in the effort. Yeah. And I can even share with you, like I get pitched a lot to be on podcasts and okay. I will be on any podcast, but my filter, and this is probably going to blow up for me is anytime somebody says, do you want to be on my podcast? I say, absolutely. Do you have a calendar I can schedule into? That's either going to be, yep, here's the link or oh, I don't have one. And that's my filter for, okay, if, if these people have a calendar set up that I can schedule into, they're probably going to respect my time. They're probably going to show up. They, and, and so you can do things like that to set yourself apart from the rest of the crowd. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Something I still need to get on <laughs> is, oh, it's all is, good. is getting the official, the official calendar, uh, together, um, and working with all my other calendars. But, um, yeah, I know that the, the calendar, uh, fatigue of the, of the, uh, being an entrepreneur, right? Yep. Yep. And blocking out the time from different calendars and everything. <laughs> um, so, when it comes to podcasting, this was a question that came up from one of your, your other uh, answers is, is it too late to start a podcast? I think a lot of people wonder about that, you know, and a few years ago, that question was going around a lot with YouTube, you know, is YouTube too crowded? Should I start a YouTube channel? Um, I've, I feel like I have my own opinion on this and we, we probably share the same opinion, but I'm curious to how you view sure. that. Is it too late to start a podcast? Are people missing the boat? Is it too crowded? What's your, what's your viewpoint yeah, so on that? I, I think it's absolutely not too late to start a podcast. If you look at just from a statistic standpoint, and I don't know exactly how many YouTube sh channels there are, but there's probably 600 million or 650 million YouTube channels. And I think to date, there's like 1.4 million podcasts. Yep. So if you think about, at one point, YouTube had 1.4 million YouTube channels. And if somebody said, oh, that's a lot, I, I'm, I can't do it, there wouldn't be 650. So we are right now, so in March, I went to PodFest. They just announced there was a million podcasts out there, which it sounds like a lot, but for as many people as there are out there consuming content, we are just at the beginning of a huge boom of how people are consuming content. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I can use another example, Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken started KFC when he was 64 years old, okay? So if you think it's too late, then you really don't want to do it. It's any, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago or today. It's the same thing for podcasting. So I want to hear your opinion on this because you said you, I feel like you have an opinion on it. No, I, I just think I'm on board with exactly what you're saying is I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's too crowded. I, uh, on any creative endeavor, I think it's never too crowded for you to put your creativity and your touch on something. So I Very have well the same, so, same opinion. There's a guy named Kevin Kelly who wrote a book, an ebook called something like, oh God, what is the book called? It's like, 
uh, a thousand true fans, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so basically what he does is he breaks down the fact that as a creator, you only really need a thousand true fans to make a living. And by a, by a thousand true fans, he means somebody that's going to give you a hundred dollars a year for a product or a service or I don't know, a Patreon or something. And I think that what hangs people up is they want to be Joe Rogan right away. They're like, I'm funny and I'm going to talk with my friends. I want to be Joe Rogan, right? Well, Joe Rogan did it for 10 years, uh, three times a week, you know, and built up the the, the audience he did. And, he, and And he's Joe Rogan, right? So he's an anomaly. But you don't need a million downloads to make a living podcasting. You need a thousand true fans, which is not that many people. There's whatever, 9 billion people on the yeah. planet and whatever percent, I'm not a math guy, but whatever percentage that is, is very low. So by figuring out who your audience is, like here, here's a great way. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, before you do anything, before you buy a microphone, before you do any research, think about this. Is there an audience for you? Let's say you're a circus clown. Is there Facebook groups of circus clowns that like talk about tricks or strategies? Then, th- then there's an audience waiting for your podcast. If you're a health coach and you s- focus on just the carnivore diet or whatever, is there are, are there people out there looking for information? And you only need those people. You don't need critical mass in order to be a creator who makes a living through these things. So um, I highly recommend that as a read, the Thousand True Fans book, but just start small. Start with, I'm going to get 10 listeners, then 100, then 250, then 1,000. And I can promise you, It'll never be enough. Even mm-hmm. if you get a million followers, you'll be like, I need 5 million. You know, it, it, there's no end to podcasting, but if you don't start one, you're going to be behind the, the curve. Cause I have connections at Google and Spotify and all these companies that told me in five years, every single person and brand will have a podcast. So if you start now, you will have built a catalog of content for people to consume whenever they want and you don't have to do a single thing. You've already started and done the work. Yeah, and I, that's such such a great answer to that question and great great feedback for all the listeners because I, I say it, I've said it numerous times on this show. I mean, making mistakes isn't going to cause you to fail, right? That's going to give you experience. The only way you, uh, I believe that you're going to fail as a creative is one, you don't start, or two, you give up, right? Just keep yep. going and, and get started and, and keep going. Um so a question that I definitely wanted to ask you, and you had um, uh, someone on your podcast, uh, I think it was just today or just recently talking about this, is uh, how to monetize and make money doing a podcast. I think a lot of people uh, have that question, have that as a goal. Um, I'm not a huge fan at all of like the traditional ways of monetizing a podcast. I don't want to read uh, an ad read for like a purple mattress on my podcast it has nothing to do with my podcast. Right. Um, so what are the ways you see people monetizing and how are the ones that are, what are the ones that are having success? What are they doing different than everybody else that you've yeah. seen? So, uh, the first thing podcasters think will solve all their problems is getting a sponsor or having ads in their podcast. And just to break this down for you real quick, uh, Ad sales are done on a CPM, which is a cost per 1,000 streams. Yep. And it's, I forget what the rate is, but it's not that high. So if you decide that you want to go put it, stick an ad in your podcast for Geico Insurance, you're going to make pennies on the dollar. And the first thing you're going to do is send somebody away from you to go buy something from someone else. Uh, 
So I've got a whole free workshop on this. It's called Three Ways to Monetize Your Podcast Without a Sponsor. And I'm going to break it down for you right now. If you want to go check that out, you can check it out at podcastbuilderclub.com. But here's the deal. Instead of getting a sponsor or an ad, there's three ways you can monetize. The first way is through building like a course, right? So we all have expertise. And there's probably something that people ask you about over and over and over again. And that's what you should make a course on. Making a digital course can be done from your home, on your iPhone, and there's all kinds of platforms where you could put it out for free. So instead of saying, hey, check out Squarespace, you could tell people, hey, you guys ask me this question all the time, and I put it all together for you in an easily digestible course that you can buy for X dollars, right? Promote your own services. Uh, the second way is to, you know, look at brands for partnerships that you actually love and use. There's nothing worse than listening to a podcast where somebody all of a sudden starts talking about a purple mattress and you know they don't sleep on that purple mattress. They're just getting paid to say that. So that's why I created Powered by Poddex. People actually use the product and they know how it works and they can share it and make money. So find brands, even maybe micro brands that you know and love and use and reach out to them and say, hey, I have a podcast. I would just like to promote that I use this because I actually do. What kind of partnership could we create? Uh, and then the third way is through affiliate marketing. So anybody in the world can set up an Amazon affiliate link. And what happens is, is the person clicks on that link to buy something that you're sharing with them. So for instance, Jared may be promoting his latest drone purchase or camera lens or something. Well, all you have to do is set up this account. All that the person has to do is click the link and buy it through Amazon. You don't have to fulfill it. You don't have to do anything. Amazon doesn't look anything different to them. They're just buying something through your link and you're going to get paid a commission on that sale. So start looking at the things you use in your podcast, in your daily life, and start promoting them and use your Amazon affiliate link. So I have a guy in my community, his name's Gil. He watched this course. He just called me on Monday and said, hey man, I just got to let you know, I've been recommending gear for podcasters and content creators for years. I watched this course and Black Friday was coming up. So I made a sheet of all my favorite recommended gear. I used the Amazon affiliate links and I made a ton of money without anybody having to do anything. And there's, it gets better than this. Check this out. When someone clicks the link, it starts a clock for 24 hours. And every single thing that they buy in that 24 hours on Amazon, you get a commission on. And so if they go buy toenail polish and a new gutter and a hat, you're going to make commission on all those other things. So it's a great way for you to share things that you actually use don't be slimy. Tell them, this is my affiliate link. If you just click this link, nothing changes for you, but you help me. Those are three way better ways than having some dynamic ad just shoved into your podcast wherever they want it because the corporations realize, you know where the people are? You know where they're consuming? It's podcasts. So let's jam as many ads in that as we can because we need to... We, so you're, if you're podcasting, you're already onto something that corporations want to advertise on. Yeah, I think the affiliate programs, whether it's with Amazon or with another partner that you can, you know, if you're going to do an ad read, if you are, get an affiliate link. So at least if you're going to send them away to buy something, you're getting a portion of whatever exactly. you're buying. And yeah, those those Amazon affiliate links are great. I, I think I logged in a couple of days ago and looked and like, I got credit for somebody, like they bought a ton of like frozen, um, like fruit and vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's fun. It's I fun got, to look through that. I saw somebody buy like skin tag removers and um, some other weird stuff. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And then 
you know, you find cool like, stuff too, looking at what other people are buying. You don't know who's I, buying it, but yeah, exactly. You don't know who's buying it, but you can see what they're buying. <laughs> I, I think the fourth way you can also going back to community is something yeah. we're talking about is, you know, you can set it up to where you have a Patreon where mm-hmm. you do your, you do two episodes a month that are free, but the other two episodes, people can subscribe to your Patreon for $5 or $20 and get those episodes. That's going to be, I think the future of what a lot of content creators are yeah. doing because the big guys are making a ton of money on ads because they have a ton of streams. But if you're like me and you're only getting 250 streams of podcast, it doesn't make any sense to have Pizza Hut stick an ad in for, I don't know if Pizza Hut's still around, but you know, you know what I'm saying? To stick an ad in my podcast, wherever they want, uh, it makes way more sense for me to be like, hey, I'm going to make exclusive content yep. for you that you can just by clicking, you know, I support all kinds of podcasters on patreon i just every once in a while i go in my community i go all right it's patreon time put your patreon link and i subscribe to every single one of them because i know that eventually that adds up to another income stream and if you add all those up together you've got patreon you've got an affiliate link and you've got a course those three together make can make you a living yeah i <laughs> i've got to apologize this nitro brew coffee just kicked in so i am like raging right now about podcasting and i haven't had a coffee <laughs> since early this morning but i i could use another one right about now but I think that that's a great idea doing the Patreon and, um, you know, putting other exclusive content out there for memberships is a great way to monetize your podcast. I know um, a lot of people are starting to do that membership where, okay, you can get the podcast, but if you want to see the video version of the podcast, you know, you, you yeah. have a membership for the video version. There's tons of ways to get creative with it. Um, so you also have podcast therapy, right? Which is, isn't that a fairly new podcast for you too that started around quarantine? Or is that yeah, been it is, yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, I felt as if um, it it's was a great very, name, by the way, podcast. Oh, therapy. thank I you. Oh, well, I'm a big fan of therapy. So I do therapy in my real life. And I think everybody should go see somebody because it's a, you know, you don't have to be completely a disaster to have a therapist. But, it, you know, I thought it was pretty disingenuous for the podcast guy to not have a podcast. So I was like, I'm going to do something pretty meta, which is a podcast for podcasters to help them keep their head in the game. Because, Starting a podcast can be very easy, but you know the, the obstacles you're going to run into can really just be, uh, you know, mentally draining. So I'm trying to keep inspiring podcasters, share things I'm doing that are working for me, in hopes that as they're listening to this, they can apply those principles to their own podcast. And um, I often have time. I'll, I'll have a guest come on that's a podcaster, and we'll just do therapy. I'll say, "What's your biggest struggle right now?" And we'll literally in real time work through the things that they're having problems with. Now, I am not a doctor, so I have to, I just have to make sure that I tell everybody that like the advice I'm giving is only based on my own personal experience. Uh, But it's been really fun um, just doing that podcast because it reminds me of all the nuances that it takes to really build something like this. And it helps me continue to check out new tools and share those tools with my community and make sure that I um, am constantly having my head in the game too. So Travis... I've enjoyed having you on the show. It's been great. I think the perfect way to end this episode would be doing maybe three questions from Poddex with the guy himself that started Poddex from your Let's do uh, it. from your interview deck. All right. First one is if there was a sandwich named uh, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? Oh, this is super easy. Um, cheese, 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 bacon, 
and probably some type of like spicy aioli and uh, like some type of amazing grilled cheese with some bacon in it, I think. Just like something that's just terrible for you. Oh, that sounds so greasy and delicious all <laughs> yeah. at the same time. <laughs> I think I could see through the paper in the bag right yeah. now. Oh, for sure. It's it's completely translucent. Yeah, I would throw a little maybe like a little hot sauce, a little Tabasco or something Ooh. on that, a little Cholula. Yeah, maybe mm. some type of like dipping sauce. Yeah, that'd be good. Some French fries. Uh, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? Oh, this is a tough one for me because I have to be careful uh, about what I say sometimes. <laughs> um, honestly, like virtue signaling is really annoying to me right now. So people who are constantly posting about politics or religion on the internet, I think it's sort of like peacocking. It's like saying, like, if I if I say it enough, then you'll believe that I am it. And I think that the real way to show your virtue is to just be authentic and be the person that you say you are by action instead of just posting some type of meme or like quote. So like lately I've been unsubscribing from a lot of people who are just constantly hitting me with the Trump or the Biden or the, you know, uh, religious stuff. Cause it's just stuff I don't, I'm, I'm trying to curb my diet from that stuff. So I would just say like, just because you think it doesn't mean you have to post it, like just be it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. There was a, there was a couple of local businesses that I, I would follow here where I'm at and started posting things on their viewpoint with the new lockdown we're having in Southern California. And it's just like, we all have our opinions. doesn't mean you got to share it with the world and be so vocal about it, I guess. I don't know, but I'm, I'm yeah. right there with you. Just, I mean, there, there's your, a couple things like you, just, <laughs> you don't talk about at the dinner table, you know, and yeah. like, I'm all for like people being behind something, but like, you can become white noise to people by just sort of being a broken record about that stuff. So, and this is just my opinion, you know, I'm nobody, so it's just my personal opinion, but I'd much rather be entertained by a video or someone share some valuable information than just complaining about something. There we go. Last one. When you think about success, who comes to mind and why? Mm, There's a lot of people that come to mind. Uh, my mentor, uh, his name is Walden Fenster, and he is a the founder of a company called Venture Studio. And he's helped many people uh, grow businesses, and his goal is to become a billionaire. And part he's figured out the exact amount of money he has to make per hour to become a billionaire, but he's also figured out how much of it he can give away. And so he'll do things like just helping other businesses and, you know, without charging them, right? Helping somebody develop a funnel or helping somebody improve. And I, and I just, I've learned so much about, uh, I've always been a person of reciprocity, but he really amplified my reciprocity uh, knob, I guess, so to speak, uh, as far as like helping people get what they want will help you get what you want. And I yep. think that that's something that he, I mean, this dude just is like, he's my idol. He's like the king. And it'd be easy for me to say like, Elon Musk or, uh, and I know no one knows who Walden Fenster is, but uh, I highly recommend getting somebody like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you spend time with a bunch of dirt bags, you're you're going to be a dirt bag, right? So spend time with people who inspire you. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That is such good advice. That is such good advice. Travis, it's been it's been such a privilege having you on the podcast and being able to chat with you and, and get to know you more uh, during this time. And then even, even le- leading up to the podcast, man, it's been, it's been really great. 
you know, learning more about pod ducks and yourself. So I'm um, honored to be on your show. And I thanks, just want to make sure I tell you, don't be a stranger. I like having you in my community. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I love it. Um, if people want, it's all going to be linked down in the show notes, of course, but why don't you give the plug of where people can find more about you and Poddex? Sure. So poddex.com, really easy. You can find out all about, you know, what's going on. Um, I'm a heavy Instagram user. So at Poddex, like I said before, you send me a DM, I will respond personally. I don't have like a robot responding to my uh, replies. So if you're stuck somewhere, hit me up. I'm happy to help. And then I just like to make your audience an offer. If you're thinking about starting a podcast and you're sort of on the fence, I want to give you the episode deck for free. All I ask is that you can cover the shipping and I'll get it to you. It's got 50 unique episode starting prompts. So if you're like, you know, I want to start a podcast, but I really don't know what the podcast is about. I've got you covered for 50 episodes. So just go to free.poddex.com. Like I said, you cover the shipping. I will send you a beautiful envelope with a brand new shiny episode deck so you can spark your next great uh, podcast episode. And, uh, you know, like we said, it's not too late. So better to start now than not start at all. Yep. It's, they're fantastic, high quality. And like Travis mentioned before, I mean, you could even use these on a date and have a whole conversation and maybe get a second date, you guys. Yeah. If date. Are people still dating in quarantine? I don't know. I, that's a good question. And I'm really <laughs> glad I don't know the answer to that yeah, because I've, I've been married for a while and I'm just, I think about people who are out there, you know, alone in an apartment and I think, gosh, it must be really difficult right now. Oh, it's gotta be horrible. But anyway, guys, take Travis up on that offer. Everything will be linked down in the show notes. And as always, thank you for tuning in and listening to the show. If you haven't done so already and you're listening in the Apple podcast player, make sure you subscribe, you rate the show and you review it. And I appreciate you guys listening. I'll talk to you guys next week.